The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gabin, and this is your recap episode for this week's Honda Classic. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is not only here, he's there. Hello, Mark. How's it, kids? Yeah, I'm down here. I actually loved my time in South Florida. Um, I, th- I thought it was just a tremendous event all around. Um, Andrew George and the tournament director and stuff, they did an awesome job. I thought the golf course... Look, the weather was, it would blew my hair back. In fact, it didn't blow my hair back because the wind barely blew. And uh, it was just all, all around great tournament with a whole bunch of cool storylines. Seven out of the last 10 winning scores have been single digits under par. We had three guys double digits to start. Mm round four so scoring was very very good this year patrick mcdonald also in attendance hello patrick a rare sunday appearance for the boy uh happy to join you guys like mark said the honda classic i know a lot of people didn't have uh, a lot of faith in it coming into the week but i think it really delivered uh it was, it was a great tournament there at the end uh certainly a lot of drama coming down the stretch greg ducharme is here hello greg hello boys um this tournament always seems to deliver down the stretch. It's the one where you're holding your breath on every shot. I mean, there were a couple of, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but there were a couple of times where I was, uh, you know, flipping back and forth between the two golf tournaments going on today at the same time. And I come back and Eric Cole's hitting a, an approach shot and my, my stomach's tightening up. I'm, you know, losing my breath because you don't know what's going to happen. It's, he could hit it in the water here. He could knock it close. You, you just don't know. And you could really feel the pressure, which I thought was a really cool part of um, and a big part of why this event delivered again. Hey, what was the other event you were watching? I was a uh, live golf event. <laughs> okay. Were you we'll nervous about that, that one too? No, I didn't feel well, we'll, a- we'll get into it, but yeah, I didn't well- feel very many nerves. That's in block number two. We'll get to we'll get to live golf. We have a champion over there as well. Seventy two holes, not enough on the PGA Tour. It took a seventy third hole, a battle between Chris Kirk and Eric Cole to determine your Honda Classic champion. I'll I'll spoil the winner in just a second. But Mark, we know how much you love playoffs, and we we got this one in just under the under the gun. Yeah. Um, look, I 
playoffs aside, you uh, you know I whine about them all the time because playoffs mean a bunch of us miss flights and stuff like that. Now, thankfully, I've got a flight tomorrow morning, so it was okay. Um, I just can we make a petition, please? First cut for every event finishing on a par five. I think a par five 18th hole is just a tremendous idea. And especially a hole like this where you have so much that can go on. I mean, you can see anything from three through six, sometimes seven. Now, when the wind's blowing on that hole, it becomes even more diabolical at times. But it, it was just, it's a great way to finish. And that mix of holes running down the stretch there, I guess, Greg, that's why we, we see so much volatility and, and why, you know, it's kind of white knuckle stuff coming down the last hour of golf. It, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, all of the finishing holes have water involved. I mean, all the way from 14, uh, from 14 on in, I guess 16, not so much by the green, but all of those shots require you to take on that risk of, of uh, water. Um, maybe the bunkers on the other side or oftentimes the whole locations are cut near the water and they really come into play and you can make doubles and you can make birdies and it, it is extremely volatile and you don't know what's going to happen just for that reason. And, and that kind of thing, it doesn't just affect the, the shot, the ball in the air, the viewing of the seven iron or six iron or three wood or whatever club you're hitting into the green. It affects the decision-making. It affects the shot shape you're going to play. And, and you see guys take on conservative strategies, aggressive strategies, over-aggressive strategies, over-conservative strategies, and they all play out in different ways, which just makes it fascinating. Well, that water Patrick is the reason we were even in a playoff to begin with because Chris Kirk stepped on the 72nd hole with a one shot lead. He was 249 yards away uh, from the, from the pin smack dab in the middle of the fairway. And he proceeds to go for it, tries to pull off the hero shot, banks it off the wall and almost, almost takes out the floating Honda in the process. I've always said that if you have a one stroke lead on the 72nd hole, you need to go pin hunting from 250 yards with the water on the right. right. You say so, that every single week. You tell us that. So respect to Kirky on that one. But uh, as a habitual drawer of the golf ball myself, when you get the hips firing a little too soon and you flare it a little right, I wonder if that shot from yesterday where he kind of rope hooked it into the gr grandstand was on his mind a little bit. Um, he said after that, he's like, I probably should have just hit it left. That like, would have been the shot to hit on Sunday too. <laughs> yeah, but you saw him coming down the stretch that he he left a couple out there, right? Uh, especially with, uh, you know, off the tee and some fairway woods. So obviously one more yard and we, we don't have a playoff there. Uh, I mean, he hit it off the bank there and did almost hit that car, which would have been an all-time uh, moment. But yeah, uh, like you said, I just don't really understand that shot in that moment, but it, it worked out uh, at the end of the day. Patrick, I will say this, um, you know, having watched Chris Kirk all the way from college at Georgia, he used to hit, I wouldn't call it a loopy hook, but the thing didn't stay in the air very long, but it was predictable. He did it all the time. He's got such a great mindset, never really gets flustered by stuff and he can roll it. So that's why he was a stud in college and then comes out and the tour and starts to work on his technique. And I got to say, man, I made a point of going to watch him on one of my breaks because um, he was close to the lead. He is flushing i mean and the ball's barely moving through the air and the drawer that i used to see is no longer and it's almost like it's chris kirk 2.0 but the problem is then when you're coming down the stretch right and there's wind off the right hand side and somewhere in the back of your mind you're like oh geez when stuff goes wrong i do hook the golf ball 
And then so you set up for that draw and you just flush it dead straight like he was. That's where the challenge is. You know, that's that thing when you're like, okay, what's actually going to come out the barrel? And and that shot on 18 was one thing. I was super impressed by the tee shot in 17 because, you know, with that draw and where the bunker is and stuff, you got to take on the water down the right-hand side. And 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 truly, I'm, I'm impressed. I thought he hit the thing on the button. I mean, and but for just a few feet, it could have been a different result. But, yeah, I mean, it was the Cardinals, so let's be honest. A bogey on the 72nd for Kirk, a par for Cole. We're headed to a playoff. They run it right back, Greg, to 18. And off the tee, it's advantage Cole. He's piped one right down the middle of the fairway. He's in literally the same exact spot he was in regulation. And Chris Kirk stymied behind a very well-positioned palm. Yes, uh, and he hit a very similar shot Patrick was alluding to, uh, and, and Mark too, where it didn't really turn over quite as much. He kind of hung it out there a little bit to the right-hand side. And, you know, these shots aren't fade. They're, they're not fading. They're not necessarily weak. They just don't curve. It looked to me like he was expecting a little bit more curve and, and didn't get it on either of those occasions. Um, and, and now he's forced to lay up, and it turned out to be – a pretty good thing because he laid up to a number that I guess uh, I guess he liked that number was 108 yards and he proceeded to do this looks like he caught it all got to get up a little yeah that'll do 16 yeah. inches. That's a tap in for birdie market. It uh, comes after Eric Cole had already played into the back bunker. So he is now very well aware that he needs to get up and down from that back back bunker. If he wants to continue this playoff. Yeah. But may I please just go and visit that wedge for a bit because the golf nerd in me is coming out a little bit. Yeah. And look, you heard them talk about how he had to stretch the lob wedge. I mean, that was at maximum yardage. And that was just a masterclass in understanding where your body is, where the adrenaline is, you know, never changing who he was. If you watch the golf swing, he had to lean on that wedge, right? But you never saw a disconnection in the swing. You saw the speed in the right place. The transition from backswing to downswing was so on point. And it, it was a guy that wasn't freaked out by the situation. He wasn't hasty. He understood this is it. I'm stretching the lob wedge, but I know I'm adrenalized right now. So there's enough in this thing. And, and lo and behold, I mean, that, that was just a masterclass. It, it was, it, it was, I, it, it sort of gave me shivers a bit. And, and then uh, Eric, I mean, he, he was a little unfortunate, honestly, because he thought the ball was in the front bunker. But he, he again, flushed the thing so good, he hit through the back of the green. And that speaks to a young man who's wildly talented. I mean, I've watched him since college. Um, just being in a situation where he's kind of, he's won before a lot, but he's never been on the PGA tour with a chance to win. And you turn into kind of a super version of yourself. And I have no doubt that he's going to learn from that because look, it wasn't the bunker shot. It was the second shot that just went farther than he, he expected. Yeah. He gave it a chance, Patrick. He hits a pretty decent bunker shot. He's got, I don't know, 10 or 12 feet. I could figure out what it, what it was that he had left. It was, let's see, uh, 10 feet, eight inches, lips it out. Uh, and we'll settle for second. Yeah, that, that was a tough one. I wonder if, uh, looking back at uh, kind of Sunday, if it's not the 72nd hole up and down, that he'll kind of kick himself for uh, right there in position when Kirk just hit in the water, uh, not getting that one up and down, chipping it through the green. 
But the way he was rolling the rock in the final round was flat out ridiculous. I think it was like up until 14 or 15, he didn't miss a putt inside 20 feet for the entire day. Yeah, which 15. is it was ludicrous. Uh, everything he looked at just went in. Uh, so you almost felt like on the first playoff hole that it was going to go in, maybe just a touch too firm for the line he uh, he took. But uh, yeah, like Mark said, you got to imagine he'll learn from this. And I don't know if you guys watched uh, the big break at all back in the day. But when they when they had it at PJ National, both of those spots were like one of the challenges. So it was kind of one of those uh, that that GIF emoji, like when uh, you're looking at the screen. It, so it was kind of cool to see that. And uh, but but yeah, uh, just eleven one putts at that point, which is ridiculous. Eleven one putts with 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 that lip out, Greg. Uh, Chris Kirk wins the Honda Classic, his fifth PGA Tour victory, but first in nearly eight years. Yes, uh, quite a quite a road in between as well. Um, I mean, he comes out on the PGA Tour and has Im- immediate success, wins an opposite field event, the uh, Viking Classic at the time, um, wins again in the, the very next year, the McGaldry Classic, and wins a playoff event at the Deutsche Bank, um, wins at Colonial. I mean, the guy's really racking up a, a really, really nice career. But behind the scenes, he's dealing with some demons, dealing with some struggles. Which, um, I mean, he mentions first in in every interview. He mentions his sobriety and how important it is to him. So in 2019, he took a leave of absence from the PGA Tour to get healthy, and, and he did, and is clearly doing a lot better now. And and it, this has been a long time coming because he played some really good golf last year as well um, and had very similar sentiments every time he was around the lead um, and and had gave himself a couple cracks earlier this year at, at both the Sony and the American Express where he came in uh, third and tied third, I believe. So he has been playing some really good golf. He's got his life together, it seems like. Um, and, and it seems like he's really happy and grateful for the direction that he's in. Uh, and this was kind of, it's something that was coming. I mean, he showed it, he showed us for a long time that this was possible. And today he showed himself as well. I'd love to share a personal story. Um, It was one event, maybe last year that we didn't have a playoff and we on the flight back to from wherever it was. And I'm sitting next to Chris Kirk and, you know, everyone's having drinks on the plane there on the way back. And, and he was super cool with, and so we talked, it was like a two-hour flight, and we talked Braves baseball, and we talked sobriety and all sorts of stuff. And to, to st- I've got so much admiration for the man now because he's using this platform that he's been given to kind of help other people along the way. And, and the way he speaks about his family and how candid he is about the sobriety, it, that takes a lot. And then from the performance standpoint, it, it sort of gets down to – you know, these people are human beings, just like all the rest of us. And they have the same struggles we all do. And then they've got to blend that with performing at the highest level week in and week out to earn a check. And, and to that, too, I mean, you're, walking, you're watching down the final hole there, and you see in the playoff how Eric Cole is checking his insulin meter in his pocket because the guy's a type 1 diabetic. And, and this is when I'm going to make it about statistics. You, you know, there's oftentimes you've got to chuck the stats book out the window because these folks are human beings, right? And when they're coming down the stretch there, they've got real life stuff on the go. And then to watch him win and to watch him celebrate with his buds from Georgia and for him to stand up there and say, I'm so thankful for, for my sobriety. 
I'm certain that that's going to help someone along the way, just help maybe navigate some of the struggles they might be having. So, so good on you, Chris. I mean, what a man. Congratulations, Chris Kirk, back in the winner's circle on the PGA Tour. Wasn't easy. Got it done. Eric Cole put up a very good fight, Patrick. Let me rewind 54 days. That's all. 54 days to January 3rd. Eric Cole fires a 67 at Abacoa Golf Club to get his 56th win on the on the mini tours this event he he nets $1300 for the victory 54 days ago not 8 years ago 54 days ago he wins an event for $1300 a solo second patrick here at the Honda Classic 915 g's so uh, yeah baby. pretty good week <laughs> yeah yeah i think that'll do That'll do. Uh, And look, I mean, he just bought a a rock for his now fiance, too. He got engaged there at Pebble Beach when he uh, finished T15 there. He might have to upgrade it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how much of that 950 he he takes home. Uh, But I was wildly impressed. And Mark kind of touched on it, how he's been around for a while. Like you said, 56 mini tour wins. And the way he struck the ball and kind of strutted around the golf course did not look at all like a PGA Tour rookie. I understand he's in his mid-30s and he's played a ton of competitive golf, but wow. Like I, I really don't have enough like good things to say about the guy. Uh, I, I honestly thought he was going to get it done after that two-shot swing on 13. It, it just felt destined that he was going to you know, take over Kirk there, but it big time two months for, uh, for him. Uh, pretty decent lineage as well, Greg. We saw that his dad was a PGA oh, Tour winner. From South Africa, yes, that's right. And his mother, uh, the LPGA Tour Rookie of the Year in her day. So golfing, golfing is definitely in the genes. It's a rare thing when you have uh, two P- two golf professionals as you know professional golfers, not golf. I mean, professional golfers as parents. It's quite a lineage. He's also one of seven kids, I believe. Uh, and and so that's pretty cool too. But did I hear that right? He won 54 mini tour events. 56. 56 mini tour events. 56 mini tour events. That's it's right. Just, it's just unbelievable. Those, you've lived down there in these in this neck of the woods, Greg. The Florida yeah. mini tours, man, those, these dudes are legit. Uh, oh, I, yeah. it, one of them could play on the tour at any time. They've just got to get there somehow. And that's a difficult thing. I mean, he went to Q school 11 times uh, and, and was obviously very close in all of them. So this is a great story. And Mark, you mentioned how good those mini tour guys are I, I, in, in all the time I spent in South Florida, watching the guys that were uh, not tour players, guys you've never heard of who were playing professional golf, trying to make it. It's really hard to tell the difference between them and PGA tour players. It's really hard to tell the difference. Uh, they uh, they all look so good, and they shoot great scores, and they go out and play game. They play matches with PGA Tour players, and they can beat them. It's just a matter of playing well at the right time, uh, getting the oppor- getting an opportunity like you had at Pebble Beach or like you had this week, and taking advantage of it. I mean, he's he's in a really good spot now. It, it would have been cool if he got a win and, um, you know, locked up a two year exemption, locked up a trip to the masters. That would have been kind of mind blowing stuff, but 
I think this week proved quite a bit to him and definitely secured a, a nice spot. And not only in the bank account, uh, it's, uh, it paid a little bit better than $1,300, but, um, but, it, but it also moves him up pretty well in the FedEx Cup. Rick, I, I've got to say this. I mean, because we got done with our show, and so I just stayed there and watched the coverage. And um, I thought NBC did a wonderful job of telling the story. But when they got these close-ups of Eric Cole, and as I had mentioned um, in my days, I'm a recovering college golf coach. Nova Southeastern was a rival of ours, right? And so we played against them a bunch, down here, in fact. And the first time I watched him play, he was the number three guy on their team behind Ben Taylor, who also contended in this event, just for the record, okay? And and this Eric, every time he hit it, I was like, whoa, this guy should be winning. But he would play like 16 holes well, and then just two, he'd go off the rails and shoot like 78. And But you kind of saw a little something. And then now he credits his dad for the golf swing, which to me has fallen straight out of heaven. But then he talks about his mom helping him mentally. And you could see how sharp he was mentally, all those putts he made and stuff. And then they had a close-up of him in the playoff. And I looked at this guy's face and what he was doing, and he became a superstar in front of our eyes. He looks like a, he looks like a male model. He's got the joggers going on there. He's got a golf swing that is just gorgeous. I mean, you talk about the money he won for the check. I guarantee you, yeah, within a few weeks' time, you're going to see logos all over this dude and you, in commercials and stuff because he's got it all. He truly has it all. We'll slap a first cut logo on him. I wonder if we could get a good deal for that. Just, yeah, his price just went up a little bit. I, brought, I know. Promise. We should have gotten it a week ago. We could have got it for nothing. Now we're, now it's a lot more expensive. Eric Cole moves to 33rd in the FedEx Cup standings. Uh, that was two shots clear, the guys in the playoffs, of Tyler Duncan, Four shots clear of Ryan Gerard, who Monday qualified into this event, uh, is going to earn himself another start. That's great. Ben Martin, along with a bunch of others, uh, tied for ninth. Seb Straka, Ben Taylor, Justin Suss, Shane Lowry. We'll talk more about these guys uh, as we wrap up and we go through the, the betting and we go through the one and done. But let me just hit on uh, a Kyle Porter tweet. So we don't have Kyle with us on this Sunday night, Patrick, but he is – in our hearts and on our screens, if you're watching on YouTube, and I'll just read you the tweet. It says, quote, it was easy to see that the top players playing the elevated events exclusively would be great for the elevated events. What's interesting is that it might also be a great thing for the non-elevated events. A clear meritoc uh, meritocratic hierarchy matters in golf, and a splitting of the events into two tiers provides terrific context to the sport. Um, Kyle's been, I mean, he's been prodding this, this idea for the last couple of weeks and last couple of months. And I think what it comes down to for me, Patrick, is there's kind of two things that drive interest in sport in general. It's stars. That's not limited to golf. That's football. That's basketball. That's everything. And context. And this is a very strong context week. This is a very strong week of holy crap, somebody's life is going to change. Or holy crap, this guy Monday queued in. Or holy crap, 54 days ago, this guy won $1,300 in a mini tour event, right? Like there are ways to frame all of this that I th I still think get very, very interesting even without 44 of the top 50 in the world. I agree. And it's almost like these past couple weeks we were spoiled eating filet the whole time with John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa. You kind of have to have like a, a drunken pizza every now and again to to really appreciate it as well, you know? And so it, like you factor that in and you also have these guys like messing up down the stretch, which we really haven't seen 
from, you know, Rom or Scheffler these past couple of weeks. And it's almost like it's not relatable at all, but in a sense, you can kind of reach and do the mental gymnastics where it is a little bit more relatable. And like you said, it's completely more life-changing. It means a whole lot more for Chris Kirk to get into the Masters, to nap his first win in eight years uh, than it does for, you know, John Rahm to get his 10th, even though it it does tie him with Seve. Maybe that was a bad example. But the point kind of still stands where it is life-changing. And Kyle's tweet, I know he's been about it. He kind of, to me, it kind of just like describes the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour right now. Uh, but I, I agree, PGA and PGB tour. Yeah, there were. I, I'm I like PGA tour plus, but I'll we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, Greg, it is interesting, right? Because uh, there were storylines Friday too, right? I mean, we had a couple of guys. We had two guys who were uh who went to bed with like a shot or two to play ha- having their cut on the line it was uh Brett Druitt i believe who monday qualified in right like these stories are all over the place and they're we're getting a little bit better at showcasing them yes and there's there's meaning and i think the uh the uh, broadcast partners of the PGA tour both NBC and and CBS as well do a great job of really providing the bio um you know the fact that we know that eric cole won 54 mini tour events the fact that we know he's checking his insulin meter down the stretch um the fact that we know all that we do about chris kirk right these things connect they connect us to the story they add that context and all of a sudden it it becomes relatable not because you can play shots or um or have played similar shots to what they have it's not because it's not relatable because you have hit an eight iron with water on the right and you know how it feels, but it, it's because you can you can start to imagine uh, yourself in a situation with an opportunity to change your life, uh, with an opportunity to go to the masters, and you can picture what they might be feeling. And it, it has nothing to do with the ability of of play. It has to do with what it's for. And there's a very strong meaning. And again, I turn on this broadcast and I'm watching it and I get the sense that this means something. This feels big and and it's filled with um, it's filled with context. It's filled with meaning. We know that uh, a trip to the Masters is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And there are very many there are very many avenues to get there. There are not very many pathways to get there, especially for a, a 34 year old rookie on the PGA Tour. Uh, and so you can feel with each shot what it what it does for somebody's career. Um, and then you add in on the other side. So, so those stories are one thing where it's the, the life changing story, um, the career, the card keeping stories uh, is one thing. But then there's also the stories of, well, what does this mean for the FedEx Cup? What does this mean for upcoming majors? Uh, where does so and so stand in official world golf rankings? Where does so where does this stand in relation to past greats like Seve? We have constant in every PGA Tour event. There are constant ties to history, uh, to the season, to the keeping of a job or losing a job. There there are constant connections and constant ties to tangible things that we we know about, uh, and it adds a lot of power. and And it comes through down the stretch when it's. It's a tight race, and these guys have very nerve-wracking shots with a lot of uh, drama on the line. So it, it just it, it paints a great story, and I, I really felt more than I expected to feel today heading into the Honda Classic. 
I've I've gotten friendly with a couple of professional golfers out here in Vegas, Mark, who do like the Monday Q circuit. Like it is it is it is not easy. It's very difficult. And sometimes I sit here and go, man, like is this really like why do you keep putting yourself through this? Like this heartbreak where you got to go out and you got to go shoot like eight under par, and you got to. It's just like it's why do you keep going through this? And then I look at. Ryan Gerard Monday qualifies in, finishes solo fourth, $411,000. He's going to get another start. His life has just changed. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's why they keep doing this. Mm -hmm. that's, that's so very well said. Um, and Eric Cole is the same sort of thing. Think of all the mini tour events, the slog grind, you know, the evening. I, I guarantee you lots of tears, lots of times perhaps that they were close to giving up. But you just stick to it because you believe deep down somehow that you're good enough and all you need is the one chance. And the key is to take that one chance. And we saw some really cool stories where the guys did it this week. Um, for me, you know what? Uh, these stories are more and more compelling. And I'd like to draw a comparison just with Max Homer, for argument's sake, right? He comes on tour a few years ago, heavily lauded out of college. He was a star when the NCAAs, potential star just couldn't find his rear end with two hands for a while there on tour, loses his card, gets it back, loses his card again, goes to the Corn Ferry Tour. What uh, He finished with like three birdies that year on the Corn Ferry Tour to get his PGA Tour card back. So he's basically on, by the skin of his teeth. But through it all, he's built a bit of a personality for himself um, with some tweeting and some roasting of people's swings. So people know him. Then all of a sudden, he works in his game. He gets a break. He plays well. Out of the blue, he has a victory at the Wells Fargo event. And look at him now. Now he's talked of in the same circles as the Rory's and the Rams and the Cantlers and stuff. So this is, it's all possible. And, and all these guys are going to find is the one week and maybe the one shot even. And sometimes one shot can be the difference for Eric Cole. Think, think about if he wins, like you guys have documented what happens. So, so it's, it's a slog and it's a grind. And for every one, uh, Ryan Gerard, there is there's thousands of guys that aren't making it and thousands of guys that are struggling. But my hat's off to each and every one of them, because if you have a dream, you work hard, you make sacrifices and stuff and you go after it. I'll tell you what, there's another one that comes to mind. Yannick Paul, two years ago, Greg, remember this, was playing on the Outlaw Tour, right? We were playing <laughs> yeah. Outlaw Tour DFS with Yannick Paul, and he has won – He's won on the DP World Tour. He finished runner-up again this week. I think it's his second runner-up in his last handful of stars. I mean, it's just – it's crazy. It's crazy yeah. the trajectory that you can get on. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, when you watch these guys and you see how good they are, it would be hard to imagine quitting knowing how knowing you're that good. How, how could I be this good and give up and not make it? And knowing then on the other side that all these stories are possible and you see some, you see one of your peers, you see Eric Cole go do this and you just beat him in a, you know, in a skins game or in the last mini tour event. And you know, you can play with him and you see that and you say, okay, my turn is coming. And, and that's why they put up with the grind because they, they know how close they are. Uh, and it's just, it, you know, the hardest thing is what Mark talked about with Eric Cole, where you play great for 16, 16 holes, and there's a couple holes where you go off the rails. When you don't know when that's going to happen uh, and why that happens, figuring that out and getting past that is a really hard thing. And, um, and, and it makes you feel that much closer 
So it's it's a really cool thing. I just I just love when we get a, a great story that does play out. And I know that he, Eric Cole didn't win this week, but um, but but it's still certainly a great story. And and this could be a week that helps him keep his card for sure. We have plenty more golf to chat about. We're going to hit up Liv Mayakoba. We've got to go over our Honda Classic best bets and one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law and we're back. Live Golf kicked off their 2023 season in Mayakoba, Patrick, and it was a runaway. Charles Howe III goes out and fires a bogey-free seven-under round of 64 around Mayakoba to win by four shots over Peter Uline, six clear of Brandon Grace in third, and the Crushers are on the board with their first win of the year. Your Crushers, crushing it. Thank you very much. So for those who missed it, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since Patrick did, for those who missed it, we generated teams for ourselves last week, and I am a crusher at heart. That's my squad for the year, and I'm already off to a great a great start. Yeah, speaking of hearts, the Rippers really ripped mine out uh, this week. Just not a consolidated effort. Fifth. Yeah, Cam Cam needs to whip those boys into shape. I, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Maybe one too many beers. They're doing shoeys on the course during the broadcast uh, with one of the. I, I can watchers. actually not tell if he's being serious or not. That I can I'm actually serious. not. They were doing shoeys on the golf course. Su- Sue Ann, I, I believe that's her name. Yeah, they're ripping. Yeah, they were doing it all. Uh, I was back and forth like Greg. Uh, you know, one moment Cole had like a uh, shot over water, and then. I look back, Peter, you lines in the tree for trees for like 15 minutes straight. Uh, there was some drama there, you know, with the U line trade in the off season, Taylor Gooch was in the final group as well. Very uh, intricate stuff here, guys. But I'll say this about live. 
And this this is kind of, I think, going to be their problem. They've kind of chosen the schedule of going against these lesser PGA Tour events. And even as a golf sicko myself, I mean, I've chosen to do this for a living. I don't need like two of these type of events in one week. One is more than enough for me because you kind of you kind of almost get worn down a little bit, you know, hyping yourself up. The major hangover is kind of real where I don't need to watch these guys who don't care play for a four million dollar top prize as opposed to the great storylines we just covered. And I've been pretty much down the middle of the road with Liv in the like the resurrection of Liv or the introdu- introduction of Liv. Um, but it, it's just like not different enough. I feel like if they had gone super different in almost like the TGL route where it's like two hours, super quick Monday night, like the PJ tour kind of beat them at their own game with how different it is. Cause it's the exact same thing without any context or meaning. I, I actually had a little trouble, Greg, flipping back and forth. My, so, so not all CW affiliates were showing this from what I understand. I am also under the impression, well, I'm not under the impression. I, I watched it as they, they had like 20 minutes of audio issues on, on Friday. Um, my local affiliate was not showing it in H full HD. It was in 720p, which is from what I understand, uh, was happening in other places as well. So I don't know if this is ironing out the wrinkles, but it, I liked it better when it was on YouTube and I didn't have commercials and I could watch it however I wanted. That was the best thing they had going for them. And I actually found this week quite difficult to follow. Um, I understand where you're coming from. Now, being on YouTube, having no commercials is great for a viewer, but it's not great. It's not a great business model. Um, so I think we all understand that. So it, it's a difficult situation that you're in when your assets are really, there, there's really one asset that Liv has, and it's a really big bankroll. Um, and that's how they got uh, the players that they did. And that's how they have kind of gotten this far, which I, I will say is impressive. But um, watching today, and I didn't see any on Friday or Saturday, but I saw I, I, watch, I was flipping back and forth actively today. And I just I couldn't get over the contrast between these two events. Uh, you know, in one side, you have this camera shot of uh, you, you have this camera shot which is looking through the bleachers out into the ocean in Mexico, which is beautiful. But you got guys sitting there that look like they're having a great time. They're drinking some beers and there's music playing. And then there's Taylor Gooch putting on the green with shorts on. And while the announcers are talking, there's music playing over it. And it's, it's like the, um, the attempt to make it louder is only in the atmosphere that's in the crowd, but then the, the broadcast is quieter. The broadcast felt like a tone down from the PGA tour broadcast. And I felt this way very much when I watch um, the DP world tour through throughout time where it's a very calm broadcast, which I like. And I think it really fits the morning mold um, in, in when you're watching, you turn on golf in the morning, you're not looking for something that's, dramatically exciting but i i didn't feel like there was very much excitement in the broadcast which is just off, it's off brand but then again you can't manufacture excitement when you have somebody with a four shot lead and a team with a 10 shot lead and you know the situation that happens on the golf course happens on the golf course but if you're marketing it as golf but louder 
but it's not really louder. Um, it, it's like a, a very odd mix. So I felt like it was very odd. I felt like it was very mismatched. Um, and, and I did not understand why I was watching it. That's probably the biggest problem in the first five minutes that you're watching the PGA tour. You, you know why you're watching. I didn't get that with, um, with the live broadcast. Did you guys uh, give Marcus me context? Did you give me a team? Anyone? Seeing as uh, I, I, yeah, we, we would have team. to, so so we would we would generate you a team. So you'd have to answer a series of nine questions, and you'd be given a team. Oh, really? So I can't yeah. just get mm-hmm. the South Africans, I guess. Oh, okay. We can give you the South Africans. Yeah, you, you can take them. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're on teams. You're on team Stinger. You have uh, you got a fourth place finish. Fourteen shots behind my crushers, by the way. Uh, Greg, would you like to uh, adopt a team? Wait, wait. I, I I do have an observation about this, even though I didn't watch any of the live stuff. Um, first off, the crushers basically did this without Bryson, correct? Yeah, we've got plenty yeah. more in the reserves. <laughs> All right, yeah, okay. Just Scary. again, just just to remind you of that. Um, and then, did you see what the ratings were for the first day? Yes, uh, they got a point. They got a point, point two. two. And one of my colleagues, I will not tell who it is, texts me and goes, "Dogs and cats can roll over on the sofa and switch on the television, or roll over the remote, and you'd get a higher rating than a point two. And that sort of speaks to what Greg's point is because. Again, it's supposed to be different. It's just different because it's 54 holes. And and I love Charles Hellman. He's a longtime friend, but he won on the tour, what, three times? Yes? Twice? Yeah. Two times or yep. three times? Three. Three. It's his, what, fourth go with these guys, and he's won once already at a canter. So that sort of speaks to this whole thing where, like, the best players in the world are playing on the live tour. This is not the truth. It's the farthest thing from the truth. And so I'm just keen to see how this whole thing continues to pan out because I know a lot of guys that play there. I can't, cannot fault them for going there. Dean Burmester, when I heard he was going the other day, I mean, we were, had dinner um, in Pebble Beach. Then the next thing is on his way. I can't fault him because he's going for the money. But again, it's, it's just, it's not like you are going to go there and become a great player and do all sorts of world record breaking stuff. That's just not what it is. It, it's a, I don't want to say a retirement league, but to a large extent, it's sort of playing out that way with guaranteed monies for these guys. Uh, a point two, my understanding is the way that works is it is a percentage of all the available homes that you were in. So a one is 1%, a point two is 0.2% to put that into comparisons. Uh, I don't have, uh, I don't have golf channel on, or excuse me, I don't have NBC on Saturday. But on Thursday, the Honda Classic was a one. So that's five times on Thursday compared to Liv's Saturday. If you want to argue, well, this is a big event for Liv because it was their first event of the year versus literally a week that should probably be a bye week on the PGA Tour. You could argue that. Genesis did 1.37. Go ahead, Mark. And I was just wanting to say, because Greg was talking about the marketing, and I'm sure you're going to touch that. Those are the numbers you take to potential sponsors, and you go, uh, and then the sponsor is going to go, really? So I, I'm keen to see how this the business model of this because the whole thing was to get onto network TV. It's not network TV; it's cable television, and you're drawing a point two. You couldn't sell that to anybody. 
<laughs> I was going to say, first cut, we'll sponsor it, but no, we will not. Um, yeah. Notables, Patrick. Cam Smith, T5. Dustin Johnson, T35. That's his worst finish in live by a mile. Bryson, T23, did not really contribute. The rest of the crushers are Lahiri, CH3, and Paul Casey. Mickelson actually had a pretty decent final round and improved his standing, T27. And then Brooks Kepka, where did Brooks finish, Patrick? He finished 31st. Okay. Um, so DJ, uh, he had a, a back injury that forced him to withdraw from the Saudi International at the beginning of the month. So this was his first start since then. Uh, he, you know, when I did watch it, since I was uh, doing the recap for CBSSports.com, he would like – he had a really bad day today, but the first two rounds he would make like three birdies in a row and then like two doubles in a row. So maybe a little bit of rust there. Uh, but they have Tucson coming up and then uh, – crap, I forget the third one. I only know – uh, Orlando. And then it's the Masters for those guys. So I'm interested to see kind of the Masters boys if they'll be able to get enough competitive reps under their belt. I mean, you got Cam Smith, Joaquin – Brooks, Bryson, DJ. Um, that, that's kind of the big question moving forward in the near future for these live guys is their lead up to Augusta. I think they put that Orlando event there on purpose for, for the Augusta boys. Uh, but that, that's kind of the big question mark for me. My apologies for, for skipping Patrick Reed, 38th. I, do, I don't want to get uh, uh, I don't want to get sued, Mark. Apologies. 38th for Patrick Reed. <laughs> That's a smart move by you. The word <laughs> on the street for that Orlando um, tournament, I've spoken to a bunch of tour guys who live there, is that it's going to be held at Orange County National, which is a 36-hole ostensibly public golf course. And so they're having now this world golf-changing, disrupting league go to a public golf course. It sort of smacks of they approached other golf courses and they were like, no, nah, thank you very much. And so I'm, I'm keen to see how that whole thing transpires because you've got Charles Howell who lives there in Orlando. There are a few guys who play that league right now and places like Alworth and that sort of thing were not interested, which I also find fascinating. Anything else live related, Greg, that we might have missed? So um, like I was telling you, I didn't watch on uh, Friday and Saturday. So today, as I'm getting ready and trying to get caught up, I found it um, quite difficult to get caught up. You know, in, with PGA Tour events, it, it, when I miss time, I can get myself caught up nearly immediately. Uh, I find it very easy to do that um, because there are so many great statistics and you can look at shot trails and shot trackers and, I mean, you, you can paint yourself a picture of exactly what happened. Now, Mark may say that's not the best way to do it. And I, I agree. You have to watch too, but you can get yourself, you can get yourself pretty well acclimated to what goes on if, if you miss some time. But when I go to the live website, which I, I can't believe I'm on, I find it very hard to navigate. Um, and I don't think there's any statistics i mean if you go to the leaderboard one one thing that's interesting is teams is first if you just go to the live leaderboard the team lead the team leaderboard comes up first which i understand why they're doing that but then if you go over to the players um and you click on charles howell who won 
it just shows you what he made on each score on each hole. And then if you go to his player profile, it gives you like a, a little bio um, and not really much, you know, not much more. So I find that I, I think that's something that that also takes it down a little bit in it, in the seriousness. Um, we are so accustomed to having great metrics and great statistics and the ability to compare players and analyze players but that's a really low priority for, for them, it seems. Um, and, and you would think they would be able to put in some kind of investment in that. Um, but I, I don't think that it's a priority at all. And I just think it takes down the, it takes the, the quality of the product down. It takes the connection of the product down. There's just a lot less information. Yeah. Gre- to Greg's point, their new app didn't even have a leaderboard on it. So yeah, like okay. I down- downloaded it, try to, get a leaderboard and it's like, Oh, I have to go to my browser to get a leaderboard. I, I downloaded it. And the first thing it asked me to do is create an account. And I was like, Oh God, like, <laughs> I hate doing that. I, I just, I never got back around. I was like, I'll do it later. And I never got back around to doing it. Give us your social. Uh... <laughs> I was like, I don't want to create an account for this. Like if I had to create an account for the PGA tours app, I wouldn't use it. Like, what are we like? There's like, yeah, there's an option apps. to skip. You can skip the yeah. account. I tried to skip tour. it, but but to Greg's point, you're not disrupting golf through greens and regulation and driving accuracy. Like the st- statistics do paint a picture and you just have no idea what's going on with that league. Uh, I had a good segue, but I can't remember what it was. I'll just say March 17th is the next live golf event. It is Tucson. We have more to do, believe it or not. We've got to actually recap a very good strong week of wagers and eight separate one and done selections. We will update the standings, but first we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive. That's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back. Let's go through these wagers real quick. So, Patrick, you were, uh, you're were you the only one overlapping here that was, that was with us on Tuesday for these wagers. Uh, I basically got... 
two no contests because Alex Noren withdrew. So those are those are off the board. I did not get Joseph Bramlett as an outright. I did not get Kevin Tway as a top 20. You did find a winner of Johnny Vegas over Harris English, and you didn't even have to sweat that one. Loved Johnny Vegas this week. I thought he was going to, you know, maybe post a 59 here uh, on Sunday. He got off to a hot start, and then English has really been struggling. Uh, but I kind of liked your no contest. Typically, that's a good strategy for me with how much losing I've done. Uh, but so happy to get at least one bet on the board for us. Uh, yeah, pushes are basically wins at this point, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is all fine and dandy. Actually, good segue to Kyle's betting card, Greg, which was phenomenal. He So Johnny Vegas goes out in 29. Birdie's 11. He is now 7 under through 11. He doubles... 15 bogeys 17 does make eagle on 18 to finish t21 that does not hit for kyle but kyle had chris kirk in a three ball as his matchup and chris kirk as an outright 30 to 1 i believe that's the largest outright wager we've hit thus far yeah that's a big one um so good for good for you kyle that was um awesome i love that he goes all in on on one guy pretty much um and it's nice when it pays off Vegas was a, I, I thought a phenomenal pick this week, and it, I thought he was going to miss the cut. He makes the cut. I think he bur- had birdied his last hole Friday to make the cut on the number, um, and then goes crazy today, which was good. It just took him a while to get going, I suppose. So yeah, really good stuff from Kyle there. May I may I come in on Johnny Vegas, seeing as I called him for two rounds, please? Um, yeah. First off, he was really struggling with his game i mean he was he he's staying in the hotel same hotel as me and i got home from work and he was in just hanging out in the lobby by himself i'm like how are you doing he goes man i'm battling with my game kind of thing but but he came out today and it was like he didn't practice after round yesterday and he just came out with a new attitude like new broom sweeps clean and honestly was virtuoso for a while um but that three iron that he hit on friday afternoon from 240 something to about six feet it is one of the great shots i've ever seen with my two eyes mm-hmm. and i've seen some i've seen tiger carve an eight-time out of a fairway bunker around a tree 165 yards uphill in mexico and spin it in there to 10 feet I, i've seen stuff stuff right but that three iron the way it sounded the way it climbed thing took off like a freaking homesick angel it just like climbed and then went higher and faster and lands there on the green just so softly. And the way he reacted and responded to it, where he's like, be right. And I'm like 30, 40 feet from him. And then that thing landed and he flashed this million dollar grin because it was one of those shots that you hit once in a lifetime. It, that was to make the cut, obviously, two putted for birdie. It, it, I, am, I said to him afterwards, I'm like, Johnny, I'm thankful that I got to see that shot. And I'm like, that's arguably the best shot I've seen this year. And he goes, that was the best shot I've hit this year. Uh, but it's just, it sort of just goes to show that, you know, someone who fits this golf course so well, he's had success here before, comes in really struggling, but guts his way out there and then keeps himself in the game, turns it around some, makes a crazy double bogey on 15, you highlight, and then finishes with Eagle. So, so, so testament to him for, for the guts that he showed because he could have given in a little bit and sort of bailed it on Friday afternoon. 
I will say, Mark, that double he made on 15 was one of my I, – I was flipping through. I flipped it I flipped it on right when, when they were saying, Mark, what does Johnny Vegas have to do out of this greenside bunker? And you said something to the effect of, say a few Hail Marys and widen your stance. And I thought that was <laughs> top-notch content. Thank you, man. Uh, I do this stuff once in a while when I get some time. I get lucky, you know. Um, yeah, but look, he was in that left greenside bunker cooked. He had nothing. And then he drop kicks it basically into the – you know, a few bounces into the water. Those – Cormorants should have stopped the ball. Those birds I thought, I, yeah, so I don't know what you called them. I thought they were ducks. No, they were cormorants. Come and get your bird life correct. And then and then he goes back to drop zone, hits it to about 60 feet, and buries that for double, which was just crazy. I mean, it was an incredible sequence of events all around. Yeah, I thought I thought one of them was going to reach a, a wing out and stop it for him. Didn't end up didn't end up happening. Got out of there with a with a double. Um, these are our what are these best bets? No, these are overall bets, but I don't think this is updated because I think Kyle is back in the black now. So let's just head over to our best bet slide. Do we have that one handy there? Oh, don't call it a streak. Patrick two in a row after right. starting with nothing but L's Johnny Vegas over Harris English was your Patrick best two in a row. Year. You know, I'm an I'm an entertainer at heart, so I let you guys get ahead. But you know, Sunday back nine, I'll be right there, baby, and it's starting right now. I just made a birdie at the turn, and I'm coming for you, boys. Kyle had Chris Kirk again, top twenty, so he is now smashing his best bets. I had Pearson Cootie, Greg, uh, which I had him for a top forty. I was pretty happy with that Thursday 66 and one yeah. shot off the lead. Yeah. Uh, it was 75, 71, 70 after that to finish T63. But I like, I, I like what I saw for the most part. Well, you know, I was thinking Thursday when this thing wrapped up that, um, well, Pearson Cooties had a kind of a thing where he misses cuts or wins. <laughs> Uh, it, on the corn ferry tour, I was like, is this really going to happen on the PGA? Is, is he really going to go win? And I thought Pearson Cootie was going to be the Eric Cole of this tournament after Thursday's round. And, but I've been, I've been noticing Rick, you're, you're hammering the top forties, the long shot top forties and doing a pretty nice job on them. Yeah. I think I've gotten a, uh, I think it was like a T43 last week and then this one, which started out well, but didn't finish well. So we'll see if I can uh, find a little confidence from what Patrick's been up to and get on a, get on a little bit of a run one and done. So just to recap everyone, we, for the first time in a long time had eight different selections in the one and done. It's almost impossible to pull off my original one and done was Alex Nor when he withdrew on Tuesday? I believe it was. Uh, I I wanted to keep the sanctity of the eight man unique lone wolf situation. I could have easily have just taken Denny McCarthy or Sung J M. Or after seeing all the selections, I could have taken anybody. I opted for Min Woo Lee, which Mark I thought was uh, not only what did I thought I thought it was good, but I thought it was fair. Yeah, I thought it was a good. Uh change too to pivot to someone like that i think you should get an asterisk next to your name too because uh, what's this late changing i agree stuff? i agree the same abuse i'm getting from the fan you mm -hmm. should have seen how many fans were giving me grief on the golf course while i was down here in south florida about the Good one for and you done fans so, hell yeah yeah so yeah, i preach, think mark for the, fans, for the fans sake you need an asterisk in fact just put asterisk next to everyone's name because this is getting ridiculous now we have always 
been able to switch with our golfer WD and Greg before the tournament starts. That's standard operating procedure. Where's the constitution, Greg? I want to see exactly what the rules are. I I think it's fair. I think it's in play. I think it's uh, very reasonable. Look, this is a challenging, tall task with our Tuesday deadline Um, because of WDs, because of injury news. It's a little bit unique. When there's a hard WD, you get a swap. No questions asked to me. Um, Now, if there's golfers on the golf course, it's kind of like DraftKings rules, right? Right. The tournament started, you can't do it. But if he WDs on Tuesday uh, at 7 o'clock at night, you get a you get a swap here, um, but not if you learn about news the next day. Now if Greg is plays. Pre- now, but, Greg but wait, a, wait, wait a second, you opened a can of worms here because there was only there's only one tournament on the schedule that begins on a Wednesday that happens to be the Farmers Insurance Open. I made a change on Wednesday because I was abroad, and I get scared for this sort of stuff without the well, rules. Mark, anyway. there's two I'll there's stop. two events on there's the Farmers and. Uh, the match play starts on Wednesday as well. Uh, I remember that. One. <laughs> the, the amount of like technicalities we have in this dramatic one and done is insane. Here are the results. Sick burn, Greg. From the bottom up, Sian Ajad went with Sung J.M., one of the favorites, and no one else took him because I guess we all thought everyone was taking Sung J. Yeah, that's what it Sia said. He made it publicly. He told us on Monday who he was taking. Yeah, and he said everybody's going to take him, but I'll we, do it anyway. We actually like bullied bullied him out of it on Monday. He did not want to give it to us on Monday, Greg. We made him so that he wouldn't yeah. miss the deadline. Yeah, he he was forced, but it so, worked. Sung J.M., 28,188, moves his total to 1,040,000. He remains in eighth. Kyle M. on a little bit of a run here. Uh, not so much this week, but on a little bit of a run. He had Aaron Wise... Uh, 46,400, he goes to 1.9 million. Greg, you had that man, Johnny Vegas, and he got you 88,116. You won the week, but it was only 88,000. You remain at 2.5 million. Yeah, it it doesn't do a thing. This week is basically a wash. If I won the week at $88,000, I mean, that is... This sounds it, like the living league. Nominal. <laughs> this money yeah. is like the living league. Yeah, I know. That's what it's, it, it. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like I won uh, the mini tour event that uh, that Eric Cole won 50 <laughs> days ago. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't even have to give it to you. We, do you want us to take the 88,000 away? Uh, would it make a difference? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll find out at the end of the year. <laughs> no, don't take it away, please. Patrick. Uh, you still remain $100,000 clear of Greg. You are in fifth. You had JT Poston. That got you 17,808. Rolling in it. Uh, yeah, Greg, how's the weather down there, buddy? <laughs> Full 100K behind me. Yeah. I, I, I said on Tuesday I was going to regret not picking Shane Lowry. Uh, in my head, I'm in a mental pretzel. These new designated events. Like I said, I'm going to be the guy who picks John Rom the one week he misses the cut somehow when everyone else has already cashed in their payday. So I'm nervous. That's all I'm going to say. Kyle Porter opted for Matt Kuchar. Goose egg, missed cut. 3.1 million is where he remains in fourth. I went with Min Woo Lee, 65,100. 
not much of a change. 5.8 million in third. The fans, the fans, the fans, the fans. They've been rocking and rolling. The fans have earned. They earned 3.6 million from Scotty Scheffler. They earned 2.1 from Max Homa. And they earned 20,944 from Adam Svensson. 6.3 million. That is still two and a half million behind that man right there, Mark Immelman, who also took a goose egg. With Denny McCarthy, but Mark, you survived it. You dodged the bullet. I did, thankfully. I didn't. I, I remember texting you to ask you who the picks were, and you sent them to me. And and ordinarily, I've got them favorited on my PGA Tour app. This is how big this stuff is to me. And I did. I, we, it was a busy week for us. I will be honest with you. You know, with like six forty-five a.m. coverage starts to like seven p.m. in the evening. It was. There were long days. Um, and so I didn't. And I didn't really know what was happening except for my guy playing like a clown but then a good friend of his I, I have dinner with on thursday night he goes you should have talked to me denny's not feeling very well at all he was thinking about withdrawing oh. i was like oh okay it was good to know now um but yeah i uh, thankful i got away with this but you, you can tell the story rick i i did the biggest pivot in the world i had other guys planned and for some reason, I lost my plan, which I'm not going to do again for the rest of the season. Yeah, you are usually very good at sticking to the plan. And it was yeah. it was a little I, – I should have done a wellness check on you after you told me that you were going to switch out of your uh, of your pick because that usually doesn't come from you. Do it next time. If I do something like that, just, just, just send out the – call someone. Just say, check on Mark because something's wrong, please. Uh, the other thing we need to do is we'll start – how about this? We'll start a – well, I guess I'm telling everyone right now, but it'll be an anonymous, an anonymous uh, PGA Tour insider newsletter. And the things that you hear out there, Mark, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, like, oh, Denny's fe not feeling well, or Xander's <laughs> back is a little, we'll, we'll email it out. We'll charge like 50 bucks a month. We'll get like a thousand people to be in it and we'll retire soon. Why are you broadcasting this idea? Let's do it before you start broadcasting it, Rick. That's like just <laughs> Sorry, that, I, I don't want to do that at all. When, when that pops yeah. up next week, it'll definitely not be us. It would never work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, gents, quickly before we get out of here, we are headed to another biggie next week at Bay Hill, Arnold Palmer Invitational. Donning that red sweater, Patrick. Uh, Rory McIlroy has done it. Uh, it's a beautiful, do you think they have to have, they must have to have sizes for every possible winner. Yeah. Uh, in first cardigan. Okay. Let's, let's get that right. I believe it's a cardigan. Sorry. Sorry. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah. For doing that. You're well, Patrick, you're the, you're the more fashionable one. You've got the news. You keep, yeah, you keep yeah. me in the know. I don't know. I thought it was a sweater. Yeah, I mean, they've had Hat and win it. Did Leishman win there as well? Oh, yeah. 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 So th those are two pretty different ends of the spectrum. So they, they probably have a few sizes for the boys there. Um, but I I'm keen on, you know, looking ahead, one Jason Day, Ooh. you know, 2016 winner, playing nice. Gratuitous. Mark, uh, gratuitous I, like, I like where your head's at. Okay. You want some insider info here? Jason yes. Day and I had about an hour conversation the other day. My podcast is being released early next week, Monday or Tuesday. He took me, basically us, whoever listens and watches on YouTube, into his hitting studio. 
talked about his golf swing, his ball striking, the career, the whole thing. Walked through what he thinks about when he's putting. I mean, if you're into golf stuff, this is for real. And and Jason is feeling pretty confident about Jason right now. And and he's won there. I, I called him way back in the day when he won over there. Uh, that podcast called On The Mark. Check it out yeah, wherever you true. get your podcast. Just, Mark, try to make sure that's out before Tuesday at 5. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> so, we our, so we can make our picks based on it. <laughs> isn't my word isn't my word good enough? Yeah, yeah, it probably is. Uh, how about this, Greg? 44 of the top 50 players in the world. That is the most top 50 players in a single event since, do you know? Uh, the 2021 PGA Championship? No. It was the <laughs> 2022 Open Championship uh, at a little place called St. Andrews. Okay. This is a this is a big boy. It's a big one. Pretty cool. This is going to be a great it's going to be a great event. Bay Hill is cool and when you get it it suits the best players in the world. So I I think you're going to have another top heavy leaderboard. Yep. Bay Hill Mark. They're off to two. Yeah, the next the next two weeks, Arnold Palmer and then obviously the players, Florida golf is good. How do we think Bay Hill's going to uh, Bay Hill's usually a pretty stout tee to green challenge, huh Mark? Uh yes, indeed. And Arnold yeah. Palmer in, in his in his wishes, he wants the rough, heavy. He wants the fairways narrow. He wants the greens firm and fast. You can guarantee a tough uh, a tough examination. And we hear uh, there's supposed to be some chilly, windy weather on Friday, and that's going to add to the uh, examination. Also, Patrick, we'd be remiss if we did not mention that the Puerto Rico Open is also next week. Ah, yes. Uh, how could I forget? Ryan Gerard's in that field, correct? He got entry into it with Buddy. his play. I, I believe he did. I kind of wish yes. he got into the Arnold Palmer instead. Like, do you yeah. know how sick that would be? Nine months ago, he was playing in the NCAA tournament. Boom. Arnold Palmer. Try to win three million bucks. Yeah, that would be pretty sick, but not going to happen. Uh, the Puerto Rico open field is a doozy. Check it out if you are interested in that event. Gentlemen, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I do have one programming note, so don't don't leave just yet. But any any final thoughts on this this week of golf? I'd, I'd like to if it's okay. I, look, the West Coast swing is sensational. You go to unreal places with unreal views, and they're four very different golf courses, and it's just a great way to start the year. But the Florida swing, you go to four big boy golf courses. I mean, this place last week, it was all you wanted and it played easy. Bay Hills, the same sort of thing. It's going to test you in every department of the game, mentally and emotionally as well. Players is the same thing. And then Valspar is sort of the redheaded step kid in a funny sort of a way, but it's real. That golf course, I think it's great. Valspar is an awesome tournament. They get good players. I see JT is lined up to play it, Justin Thomas. So uh, these these four events in Florida, for me, year in and year out, are, are, are great. Hard to argue with that. Anything else, gentlemen? I, I think Spieth is playing the Valspar uh, as well. But I will say Sung JM needs to take a break. He's only taken one week off so far, and it's been Pebble Beach. And then if you think about it, he's going to be playing eight out of nine to begin his 2023. He not- buys a house, doesn't matter. Still Iron Man. Um, so <laughs> shout out to Sung Jay. <laughs> Sung Jay rolls on. All right. Uh, here's the programming note. Those round-by-round recaps that we have seen you 
disc uh, on Twitter. When's the did you guys are you guys done with the round by round recaps? Where's my where's my round two Valspar championship recap? How, how am I supposed to know who to bet on a Friday night? Yeah, we've heard it. They were we were always bringing them back. They're coming back next week. So we are going six days a week. You've got producer Josh on the sticks on the ones and twos. Did you see, did you see this? We had graphics, we had clips. Are you seeing the things that are happening around here? That, that's what we're building towards. So, so Greg, we got a new schedule for next week. We're back to round by round recaps. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. Uh, leveling up, just leveling up the game one step at a time. I'm fired up about it. I can't, I, I love the round by round recaps. I think I might've tweeted about missing them a time or two. <laughs> Was so that I'm you really, tweeting at me from your burner? Yeah, I have uh, one of them. I forget which burner, but I have a couple. Uh, yeah, I love, I love the, uh, the round by round recaps. Some of my favorite episodes. So I can't wait to get back, uh, back in the game this week. Uh, those round by round recaps is what gave us great content for full swing. That's how we got picked Great up in the full swing. Point. If we don't do those, we don't get in the show. And here we I are. Patrick was the favorite at the U.S. Open, as Greg said. There you go. <laughs> and now, and now we're immortalized on Netflix forever. Yes, and Twitter. Do you feel Do you feel better for it? Um. No. Oh, man. No. <laughs> Have you guys been recognized in the streets yet? <sighs> no. <laughs> Well, I, I wear disguises now. Someone, okay. Yeah, someone told, someone told me they've worked. I yeah, will say, I don't, call me Trevor. I, I don't call me Trevor. I don't know if uh, I told this story yet, Mark, but I, I will say Mark was recognized when we went to dinner or we went for drinks. It was during the Super Bowl. We went back to the hotel and we went to the bar and that bartender knew exactly who Mark was. And Mark was recognized with us. Out it's just it's because I tipped him nicely the night before, Rick. It's not because I'm some big <laughs> pro play, pro play. <laughs> Just say that's what happened. All right, Jess. Okay, uh, absolute pleasure. Producer Josh doing all that hard work behind the scenes. We will be back Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday next week for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Find Mark Immelman on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Patrick McDonald at Amateur Status. Greg Ducharme at The Real GFD. And you can find me at Rick Rungood. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com/slash The Shy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.